Podcasting from the CRW studio, this is the Two Drink Minimum with your hosts, Henny and Patron. Cheers, college football fanatics, and welcome to the Two Drink Minimum. I am Dan Patron, and with me as always is Kevin Hannigan. It's championship week, and tonight we preview the Pac-12 championship. It's not a play-in game anymore, but Utah seeks that college football playoff berth. Oregon blew their chance, but they want respect. College football playoff on the line, Rose Bowl on the line, our analysis picks, and more next on the Two Drink Minimum. Kevin, Patron, Founders All Day IPA. All day. Because that's what Utah's doing with your run game. They're stopping you. All day. All day, baby. I see what you did All there. day. Yeah, well done. That's that's where I went with that. Off the cuff, too. I didn't even think of that beforehand. Yep. Nothing's written down <laughs> on that. Um, this is starting us off. Friday night, we get this game. That's cool, man. I love it. Great job by the Pac-12. Like, you want eyeballs? If you want eyeballs, get in on that Friday night game. What? That's that's a great thing that they did there. Beautiful, beautiful marketing. And the way it's going to play out, Utah wins this game on Friday night. Everybody's got to take notice on because now they've handled their business. They did what they had to do. Do you want to go first or second? If you're if you're Oregon or if you're Utah, Oklahoma, Baylor, do you want to go first or do you want to end that show? I think if you're Utah, you just want to play. Do what you need to do, and then the pressure is on everybody that's else. A, that that's a cop out. That's a cop out. If you if you have to pick. Do you, are you, so are you more so you excited go, to be first or second? Utah, you just want to play. You want to play the Friday night. Friday night. You don't want to sit around and have to watch it. somebody else. Utah, do what you need to do. Go out, play that game, win that game convincingly, and then you can just sit back. If you're the other teams, right, you've got to see what Utah does, and you have right. to hope that they lose. It's right. deflating. If you're Oklahoma or Baylor and Utah boat races Oregon – Right, because it's a, over, Johnny. Right. Or if Utah just wins, there's a stress level that you have to boat race the other right. team. They they win right. by a touchdown. They win by ten points. Okay, so now if I'm Oklahoma, we have to beat Baylor. But we have to beat Baylor by fourteen. Yeah, we have to convincingly have to, yes. beat Baylor. So there's something in your head that Utah doesn't have to deal with. Utah just gets to play. They don't time, have to worry well, about other time teams. Timeout though, though. Utah. Why don't you use the bell if you're going to say timeout? There we go. I think Utah does have to deal with that to a certain extent because I, Oregon's loss makes Utah have to deal with that. Why is Utah if, penalized because Oregon lost a game? That's I, not Utah's well, fault. I agree it's not Utah's fault, but it still has to play into the back of their mind where you say, look, this Oregon team is not the number seven team in the country because you'd be playing you know, five versus seven, five versus six, and it's a lock that you're in. Whoever wins that is in. We're not even talking about Oregon Baylor. If if or, or we're not even talking about Oklahoma Baylor, if Oregon beats Arizona State, right? Okay, but lo and behold, Herm Edwards is a magician. You know, Jaden Daniels is an up and coming star, and Oregon loses. So now you're stuck with this being a sweated out thing. So I think Utah does deal with a little bit of that on Friday night because do they feel like they need to boat race Oregon? 
they're the team that's playing a team outside the top 10. Right. You know, Baylor and Oklahoma are playing two top 10 teams playing another top 10 team. But they don't have to worry about anything factual that occurred. If you're playing that True. Big 12 championship the next day, you know what happened. You're not going to be able to hide yourself from it. Utah, there's nothing there for you to look at. You just have to go and play this game. And this, I, I'm excited right. for this game. I'm, I'm Johnny Utah right now. I love Utah. I hope they get in. I want to see them win. But let's get a little bit into some of the key players for this game, Patron. So, you know, the key players or the key, you know, units that I take a look at right here is – Obviously, Utah's defense is as good as any in college football. Well, That's maybe true. not obviously. Maybe maybe people would argue that. Maybe people would say weak schedule, this, that, the other thing. But fifty-six yards rushing, a game, a, a game, is what you've given up for the season, is insane. It's number one in the country. Um, we talked about Georgia the other night. Uh, they're number two at seventy-one. All right, so like the next best team is giving up 15 more yards wow. per game. Um, Utah's defense is right there, but Utah's offense is right there. Kevin, check this out. So, I will. So consecutive games scoring at least 30 points. Okay. Alabama's ridiculous. They have 12 straight Clemson's games. Clemson's got to be up there, right? Alabama. Oh, North yeah. Carolina game. Yeah. Alabama. Is up there. Twelve okay. straight games, they've scored thirty points. All right, but then after that, you have FAU, Louisiana, Memphis, UFC, UCF at six, and then you have Utah at five. All right, so they're in that top six teams, most consecutive games scoring at least thirty points. Look that a little bit further when you're talking about well-rounded teams, yep. consecutive games allowing thirty points or fewer. On the defensive side of things, Iowa and Kentucky at 16, Clemson at 15, Ohio State at 14, Georgia-San Diego State at 13, Utah at 12. Right? There's there's one team that's on both of those lists. Was it Utah? And it's uh, – carry the five. Utah. There's a lot of names there. I was just guessing. Utah. Okay. okay. So this is a team that's that's getting it done both ways and consistently, a, a, as consistently as anybody in the country. Why we're forgetting them and why we're just leaving them off is beyond me, and I can't think of any other reason besides for the fact that they're not a brand name. That's true, and they're over there on the left coast, and you know they're, they're playing those games that are late games. So there there is some scheduling and getting eyes on stuff, but that, that defense you talked about the rush and. What they do against the pass? The number one passing offense in the country this year was Washington State. Right, Washington State. We talked about LSU and all this. Washington State was putting up fifty yards per game more than LSU. Right. So, just you look at the the weak point, the down game for Utah this year was USC. Your boy Matt Fink, right? Matt Fink lights up this Utah defense. Three hundred fifty yards. Three touchdowns. That obviously the low point for this team. That's a game they wish they had back. You want to talk about a great job they've done with coaching this defense? You get Matt Fink lights you up, and then the next week you have to play the number one pass attack. You're thinking Washington State probably wins this game. They're going to throw the ball over the place because they're averaging 445 yards per game passing. Anthony Gordon, 
comes in and throws for 252 yards, right? 200 yards less than they average. You look at the adjustments they made, and they have just shut down people since that point. You look at those two games, because I wanted to look at USC, what happened in that game, the adjustments they made, and then you face the number one passing team in the country, and you shut them down. They score 13 points. You pick off Anthony Gordon a couple times. He can't throw the ball against you. There's no run game then for Washington State. That's an incredible adjustment from one week to the next that I love to see from this Utah team. So they can stop the run, what they've been able to do in the past. Jalen Johnson is a legit NFL number one corner that they're going to be able to match up with Oregon's top receivers. I love this defense. 13 points. 13 points That's against Washington State. That's what they gave State. up against Washington State. Yes. Zero in the second half. All Thir- those points came the first half. 13 points. And, and it, you talked about that USC loss. They'd love to have it back. We talked about it last week, so I'm not going to you know sit on that point for too long here. But you know, in that USC game, they're missing Zach Moss. And you watch Zach Moss play, and that kid's a difference maker. Yes. He is one of the best running backs in the country. Led the Pac-12 in rushing. Led the Pac-12 in rushing. He'll be He's their conference player of the year. Conference player of the year. He's their third, we talked about it last week, second, third-ranked uh, receiver that they have on that team. So that kid does it all for them, and he gets hurt in that game, and they lose. Mm-hmm. So. That's true. And we've said it before, you know, look, DeAndre Swift is hurt against South Carolina, and that's all you hear about. DeAndre Swift was hurt. DeAndre Swift was hurt. Nobody's paying attention to the fact that Zach Moss was hurt in that USC game. And it's still, I mean, look, it's not like they got boat raced. They they lost by a touchdown. Right. That's true. To a good USC team. A USC team who is actually better than any win that Baylor has, you know, Baylor, USC is better than anybody no, that Baylor has played other than Oklahoma. And they're now, I like that they're, I love the back end of the college football, like the college football rankings, they take your power five teams and usually put them like one through 15. Then they throw a bone to group of five, 15 to 20, and they get those teams in there. And then 20 to 25 is to legitimize the like, uh, you know, the schedules of your top four, five, six teams. Yeah, and I love it because all of a sudden USC, UVA, they're popping in there. I what love it. Come on. Like if you're, if you're, you've watched USC. Yeah, play. but you know, it's just fun to you've watch those USC teams show play. Up. Like, do you want to play them right now? If you're USC, if you're a college football no, no, team, do you want to play they're USC a very good right team. now? No, I don't. Uh, they're, they're a very good football team. So Oregon, let's talk about Oregon. I, we, we've, you know, we've heaped a lot of praise on Utah. Oregon's a tough story. They they mailed it in against Arizona State. They are a better team than they played in that Arizona so State So much game. better. I agree. Um, the Auburn game was an anomaly for me because they had that game in hand. Yes. And then, uh, you know, they almost did like a Baylor-Oklahoma act where they just seemed like they wanted the game to be over with the W in hand. And Auburn didn't. They played until the final whistle. And that's that's that doesn't make for a bad team. That makes for maybe a bad a, a poorly coached team, a team without enough um, you know, want to or a team without enough chutzpah, you know, whatever whatever <laughs> you would call it. Yeah, but that sounds good. But uh 
But Oregon's a very good football team with a very good quarterback. That's Justin true. Herbert has had an outstanding year. He played poorly against Arizona State, but this is a kid with uh, over 3,000 yards passing, over 30 touchdowns. He's only thrown five picks. I think his completion percentage on the year is is it uh, is it up around 65%, almost 70%. He has more completions than Huntley has attempts. I, I believe that. Well, you should because Absolutely. it's a I, fact. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not surprised by that. That's the kind of offense that they run. Yep. Um, He's got 30 more yards passing than Huntley a game. Herbert's had a nice year. C.J. Verdell got a lot of hype from us this year. That dude just can't finish games. He hasn't finished six games this year. They ask a lot for him to stay in and pick up blitzing. So with this Utah team, those are. Some big dudes. That's Verdell. They ask a lot of that guy. You're running the ball, but also you're supposed to protect Herbert, which means they don't put him. They, they limit him in the passing got, game. That's tough to ask him to do that. I see Travis Dye getting a lot of playing time in this one because yeah. of because I agree. of that protection. Uh, he's averaging like seven yards a carry. That's a guy. He's yeah, gonna need to I get mean, involved. He's, those are two good running backs. But like you said, they they haven't been dominant, and they certainly haven't been consistent. This is. This is an interesting game for Justin Herbert. I, I know that when you take a look at guys like Justin Herbert's ilk and like Justin Herbert's reputation, you know, everybody says this guy is an NFL draft pick, high NFL draft pick, this, that, the other thing. He's got nothing to prove yet. Anything that you know about this guy, you already know about this guy. It's a little bit different with Herbert. A. A, this might be his last game. This very well could be his right. last NCAA college football game. Mm -hmm. All right. If they don't make the Rose Bowl, you have to think that he doesn't play. There'll be yeah, a lot of these guys. They'll be interesting right. to see how that plays out. Right. right. So yeah. I, I, and here's a guy that came back his senior year, so I think he does play if they're in the Rose Bowl. If they win this game, they're automatically in the Rose Bowl. If they lose this game – and Utah goes to the college football playoff. They're in the Rose Bowl. He's playing the Rose Bowl. Maybe he plays. Yeah. But and he's a guy that came back for his senior year. But look, it's different for Josh Herbert because they the knock on him is the mental makeup, the ability to play in the big game. Can he lead this team in a huge game? conference championship game against a top-notch defense can he win that game that's going to be interesting for justin herbert it's a big stage for him friday night against a, a really good defense the receiving situation for juan johnson looked like he was going to become your 1a receiver with johnny johnson and his production just dropped over the last four games he had two catches for nine yards against oregon state so I don't know what's happened with him. It was uh, the Jacob Breland injury was very significant for this team. That guy only played in five games, and he's still third in receptions for this team. So over the last seven games, nobody's even – two guys are ahead of Jacob Breland right now. So that's a big injury. He was maybe their best receiving option for for Herbert this year. I don't know how he's going to do in the NFL. That it isn't you know a big thing for me, but – do they have the do they have the ability to run and open things up for Herbert in this game? 
Do you think they'll be able to get that going to let him have some time back there to throw the ball around? Johnny Johnson, that guy is great. I think they're going to. He's a great I, receiver. I, I, from what I see, Utah has the defense to turn them into a one-dimensional offense. And when you look at what Oregon's offense actually looks like in that one dimension, it's a lot of dink and dunk out in the flats, smoke and mirrors. They do, you know, the the pitches that are actually forward, so they're considered passes, whatever those things are called when they're running, you know, when the wide receiver yeah. crosses in front of you yeah. and you pitch it to him, but it's forward. And then he, he you know, he gains 15 yards. You get a 15 yard completion for that. You know, they do a lot of that stuff. But Justin Herbert can make a lot of NFL throws, can make a lot of throws that quarterbacks in college football can't make. So this is going to be a great test for Utah. Is that defense as good as their numbers suggest, or have they played nobody? I'm one that thinks that that defense is as good as the numbers suggest. I agree. I'm one that thinks that they can turn your um, your offense into a one-dimensional offense pass only and then when you look at that defensively offensively it's just it's a good offense man it is you know tyler hunley and and zach moss are two very very good players and we talked about the other night when we talked about the virginia wide receivers being men both those dudes are men they're 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 not kids they're men and those got real quick shout out to that Hallandale trio. You throw those two guys in with Damari Simpkins. That was a high school team. Now, a couple of them transferred in, but that was those three guys were high school teammates. Division one teams are struggling to stop them. Can you imagine some <laughs> like 15 and 16 year old kids in Florida trying to line up with them? That's brutal. That, that, that often, the Oregon defense, so you want to bring up the Utah offense, we're used to talking about the offense with Oregon throughout you know the you know the last 10 15 years with Oregon football but this defense is legit for Oregon and if not for Utah Oregon would be first in basically every stat that you want to talk about in that conference they're very good and they could be the reason why Oregon wins this game can they prevent Utah and Zach Moss from running away in this game can they shut down that running game and make Huntley throw the ball around you think is Oregon's defense good enough? I th- that the Utah offense is just far better than they get credit for. I'm just trying to do the quick math in my head here. In the last three games that they've played, uh, 70, 80, 129. They've won those games 129 to 25. In the last three games that they played, I mean th- this team is is really hammering on teams 21 to three against Arizona state and 35 to nothing against kale is not even included in that group of games that they won by that margin. The offense is a lot better than they get credit for there. There is a, a soft period that affects Utah's numbers where Tyler Huntley was hurt, but he's, he's a really good quarterback takes care of the football uh, again, we talked about Zach Moss. I think Utah does have enough to to get this done against an Oregon defense who is good. Uh, they They're the have, best defense Utah will have seen this year. A- absolutely, absolutely. But it is is that Oregon defense a little bit of like a bend don't break defense? Because statistically, they're not awesome. They're just good. They give up 
less than 16 points a game, which is really good. Kayvon Thibodeau is starting to become a all-conference performer. He was the number one recruit in the country. You've heard his name throughout the season on this podcast, and he is developing into that all-conference presence. Brady Breeze is a dude that's going to find the ball out there. They have three senior linebackers with Troy Dye, so they have experience there. The Oregon defense is legit. Troy Dye with the club. They have got the club right. on it. And maybe that they haven't got early in the year. It was about the interceptions, the turnovers that Oregon was able to get. They have no interceptions in their last three games. They're going to have to force some turnovers here. But the Oregon defense is better than any defense that Utah has seen this year. Utah's closest game outside of that loss, their closest game was at Washington. Right? Washington, the third best defense in the conference. Oh, yeah. Oregon's better. Oregon's defense is better than Washington's, and Utah snuck by. Washington. I I agree. It's 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 not a blowout. This is going to be a good game. This is going to be a back and forth game, pretty defensive game. Utah is not going to be able to put up the offensive numbers that they have against you know the UCLA and the Colorados that they faced. I still have them winning this game, twenty seven twenty. I've got Utah taking <laughs> down Oregon and uh, getting into the college football playoff. Oh, I'd That's love that. enough to get into the college football playoff. I think they look impressive in the 27 to 20 win. It's not a two teams making mistakes, two bad teams playing to a 27, 20 game. It's two good teams playing to a 27 to 20 game. Oregon's better than they are. than their ranking is where, where they're sitting at Utah people. Oh, Utah's not going to have a nice marquee win, right? I think the different one of the differences here is going to be Brant Keithy. That guy's been coming on lately for them, running the ball, catching the ball. That's a tight end that can do some different things than most teams have. They've been running him. He had three touchdowns the last two games, so look out for that, dude. Utah 27-19. Oh. You had 27-20, so I go 27-19, but it gets me nervous. Because for those keeping track at home, we do not look at each other's notes before. Oklahoma's going to win by more than this, so it gets me a little nervous. Playoff committee, I hope you do the right thing. And Give me Utah. Utah. Give me Utah. Utah in there at four. Johnny Utah. I certainly That's hope so. Johnny Utah all, all over the place. That's all for tonight. Check us out on Twitter at Henny Patron. You can listen and subscribe on iTunes. Follow on Spotify, Anchor, Stitch, and anywhere else podcasts are found. Special thanks tonight to our brewery founders, Brewing Company, who actually has a wonderful setup out at Grand Rapids, Michigan. Had a chance to be out there this summer. If you are out that way, check it out. We sampled their delicious all-day IPA this evening. I am Dan Patron. He is Kevin Hennigan. And this is the (laughs) two-drink minimum. Cheers. Cheers.